everybody to the week six version of the Eyes on Big podcast. This is your number one growing Big Ten football specific podcast. I am your co-host Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, what are we on for, for platforms to reach us? You can hear Eyes on Big podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Podbean app, as well as directly from our website, which is eyesonbig.podbean.com. And, of course, big is spelled with a one. As it's supposed to be spelled in this vernacular. Um, please keep uh, downloading, sharing. Uh, we've had a pretty good week uh, sharing people and getting getting hold of us on Twitter. We want to see more of that. Um, even if you don't have a chance to listen to the whole podcast because you yeah. had a busy week, at least download it and uh, get our numbers up every every time it grows each week. It helps. Uh, just just keep up the effort. We very much appreciate and it. And also, the subscribe button is your friend. Yes, Do not be very afraid. Easy. The share button is your friend. Send it to a buddy. That is good for us. All right, Big Kirk, where do you want to start this out at? Let's get right into housekeeping. Okay. Housekeeping. All right, starting with injuries, unfortunately, part of the game. Got a lot of these. Michigan State wide receiver, Cody White, that's their number one receiver, has a broken hand out indefinitely. Maryland running back Lorenzo Harrison, been struggling with injuries all year. He's got a knee, and he is out for the season. Nebraska defensive lineman Nick Stoltenberg, also out, out with a knee, but indefinitely. Nebraska linebacker Will Honus. Knee problem as well, out for the season, unfortunately. Wisconsin linebacker Griffin Grady also been struggling with injuries most of the year. He's got a leg injury, out indefinitely. Wow. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're piling up. And Tyjon Lindsey, the uh, mercurial wide receiver Ooh. for Nebraska. Nice, yeah, I, nice. I like that. Again. Um, uh, hadn't played a whole bunch, hadn't caught a whole bunch of passes or touchdown yeah, passes, been struggling. but he'd been counted on for Nebraska fans to be yeah. a big part of the plan going forward. Gone, left the team, and the rumor the, again, Twitter. I should always put. There's, we should do some sort of special disclaimer whenever it's something I hear on Twitter. Yeah. But apparently, not only is he leaving Nebraska, he's leaving school because he wants to be a, a a rapper, wants to make some some music. Good luck to you, Tyjon. Yeah, good luck, Tyjon. So he was a five-star recruit yep. in their 2017 class, which staggering uh, numbers here. Yeah. So let's read off some some uh, some numbers from that 2017 class. Uh, now, anytime you have a coaching change, you do expect attrition. Yep. But here are the top eight commits to Nebraska from their 2017 class and what they're doing now. Tyjon Lindsay. Gone. He's the number one ranked recruit in that class. He's gone. Next ranked recruit, Avery Roberts, gone. Third, Elijah Blades, never even made it to campus. Tristan Jebia, gone. He's at Oregon State now. Javion McQuitty, he's still on the team, but he's he's been fighting injuries, hasn't really been healthy, I think, pretty much throughout his whole career. Keyshawn Johnson Jr., gone. Brendan Jameis, starter. Yeah, they hit one. That's their seventh-ranked recruit in that class. The eighth-ranked recruit in that class is Deontay Watts. Never made it to school. So if you're wondering why there is what looks to be at times 
a dearth of talent on the field when Nebraska is playing. I, I that right there. That's what you look well, that at right ex- there. That certainly explains something to me because you look at these recruiting rankings and, and you, you, you're not seeing it on the field. So what's going on? Supposedly they've got the greatest strength and conditioning program ever assembled. So what's wrong? This is what's wrong. Um, and not to compare Nebraska to the Cleveland Browns, but a couple years ago, my buddy Pat and I, our buddy Pat and I, um, we were going through drafts. Just you know, something that guys do. Uh, this was, of course, before we had kids, so we could actually sit and do stuff like this. So just went through drafts, and as we started going through the drafts and just saying, okay, was this guy a bust? Was this guy good or whatever? Mm-hmm. Guess what the team was that stuck out unbelievably for how much bad drafts they had? Really? It was the Browns. I mean, it wasn't like it was some sort of secret on, on why the Browns haven't been good for so long. Yeah. Um, it, their drafts have been horrible. I'm just relating that, I guess, to Nebraska well, for recruits. If you're going to sure. have recruits, I'm not saying you have to hit 80% on your recruits. That's impossible. That's never going to happen. But you can't have numbers like nope. that for your top eight guys not even being on campus anymore. And as a Packers fan, that's been their downfall the last few years. Draft. They used to draft well. They do not draft well anymore. Yep. Got to got to draft well, and they got to stay healthy. Yep. All right. Um, now we got uh, – what else we got here? Well, we can go through power rankings, but maybe first uh, – I'm sure you saw on Twitter that Purdue player that walked by the demigod and said, yep. "Winnable game, huh, Winnable coach?" Winnable game, huh? Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> was that was interesting. That definitely made its rounds on Twitter. Um, well, there's also the you know not to pile on Nebraska here, but the the Iowa thing on Twitter today. Yes, with the so, beer. Um, so just saw this uh, right before we got uh, uh, on to uh, to record. So there's a bar. I have no idea what this bar is, but it's. It's Barley CB, and it's uh, it's in Council Bluffs, which is right on the border of Iowa, Nebraska. They sent over the river to a different bar in Nebraska. A it's the un the coolers that can unlock, or the, excuse me, the fridges that can unlock with mm-hmm. Bud Light. They did it for again the Cleveland Browns. I didn't even try to do that. I don't know if you saw, it, but in Cleveland, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so so Budweiser did to several bars in Cleveland. Oh, okay. Refrigerators with with locks on them. Once the Browns won a game, they gotcha. were going to unlock it, which the the Browns did, and I think it was right away in week two they won a game. So the it unlocked everybody in the bar got got one free beer. So as a joke, as a as a good rival ribbing, a Iowa bar sent a Nebraska bar uh, the same the same deal. Say so, hey, whenever you guys get your first win, here's, here's okay. A free so beer for the Iowa fans. bar sent it to a Nebraska correct, bar. Correct. Well, I was I saw some interactions from uh, Corn Nation. I think I okay. think that's SB Nation, the Cornhuskers uh, Twitter handle, and was saying, oh, you know, at least make it good beer. And I thought, come on. That's premium for people in Nebraska. It's Budweiser. It's not Bud Light. Actually, they got a point. Uh, I, I would not drink Bud Light unless you force me to do it. But, but I think Budweiser was in that. But no, Budweiser's not so bad. I, I think it's okay, yeah. actually. Old, old, old Bud, I can yeah. still rock with every I'll now drink and then. The, but, the Bud Heavy. Yeah. All right, let's get into power rankings. All right, Big Ten power rankings. Starting at the bottom, I think we all agree on this one, Rutgers Scarlet Knights at 1-4. and four. Next, number 13, the Nebraska Cornhuskers at 0-4. And they are the only remaining winless team in the Big Ten. So they've earned that ranking. At 12, Illinois at 2-2. Two and two. Number 11, this is where it gets dicey every week for us. Northwestern University at 1-3. and three. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Fine. Yeah. Number 10, the Minnesota Golden Gophers at 3-1. and one. Uh, Nine, Purdue Boilermakers at 2-3. and three. I have them higher than Minnesota just because of the quality of win. 
How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, and then the next one is, I, I think, Indiana. Next one correct. is Indiana. So, I mean, right now, I feel like you could uh, toss a hoop around Indiana, Purdue, Minnesota, yep. Northwestern. Is that Totally fair? agree. But, you could mix those up any way you wanted. But then I think now we're getting into the meat of things, Maryland. But one thing to point out, of all of those teams, Purdue seems to be... Trending up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, I do expect... I don't know what to think of Northwestern right now. But I do expect with the injuries, I think those are going to catch up with Minnesota. So number seven, Maryland at three and one. Number six, Michigan State, also three and one. At five, we have the Iowa Hawkeyes. We may get some arguments there from Sparty and from Maryland fans. At four, Wisconsin, also uh, three and one. Number three, we have Michigan Wolverines at four and one. Number two, Penn State University, four and one. And, of course, the only undefeated team left in the Big Ten, Ohio State at number one. Yeah, so I guess I, you pretty much break this down. It, it, it almost fits up perfectly for the top seven teams in the league and then the bottom seven teams in the league. I think there's yeah. not a huge gap between the, the, the seventh team and the eighth team. In this case, it would be uh, Maryland, Indiana. But mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say right now that, that there is a gap there between the top and the bottom. I think um, so. Uh, one thing to point out is I find it interesting that – a lot of rankings I've seen. I mean, this is both Big Kurt and I's ranking. It's not just mine as a Hawkeye fan. They have Iowa a lot of times right around fifth, maybe sixth. Sometimes they'll have Iowa ranked underneath Michigan State, yeah. which I totally understand. I understand Michigan that State, too. Michigan yeah. State can make an argument. Des- there. Deserves a, a wide berth as far as it, but it's weird to me that Iowa is so far down their their thirtieth or thirty first, whether it's in the AP or coaches. I don't know. To me, it's it, now the athletic. Okay, uh-huh. that that has Iowa ranked all the way up because they they do their own. I mean, they're obviously not going off the AP. And, and, and I respect the athletics opinion. I think a lot more than both the AP and the coaches. Okay, and that's kind of my whole point of bringing this bring this up. The athletic has Iowa, at, I think, sixteenth or seventeenth or something like that. Really, um, that high? Yeah, that, wow. that high. Which to me, honestly, is maybe a bit high. Um, the whole point that I'm trying to make here is the AP and and especially the coaches voters ah. they all they do is just who they look at what was last week if you won a game you move you up, move up you lose you a lo- game yeah. you, i mean that is literally all Which, they're all they're putting if i was it. voting i would just reset every week yeah and do no comparison to the previous week just look at the total resume and i would merit would count with me it, it wouldn't be about who do i think is the better team if they played what have you done in the field so far that that's factors what the in for me does. that's what the athletic is doing okay. already and obviously you think that's what the the selection committee does when once that starts firing up at Even, the end of October. Yeah, boy. See, that's going to be a whole podcast right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the selection I've been committee. Holding, I've been holding that one off. I have my reservations with Stu Mandel, but I do like the athletic. Yeah, yeah, very much so. All right, I think that uh, gets us in the week six games. Yeah, that's all I got for housekeeping. Let's get started. All right, so that gets us into the week six games. And you know what? We've got six games in week six, all Big Ten teams for a total of 12 teams in action. That's because we have the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Purdue Boilermakers on by this week. First up, and again, we pretty much go through chronological order. A little bit different this time um, because we'll save the a Big Ten game of the week for the end. First up, the 2-2 two and two Illinois fighting Illini at the one and four Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Big Kurt doing a little dance across the table for me. This is at 
11 o'clock a.m. on Big Ten Network. This line now is at 5. There's a lot of fast-moving lines that we've had this week in the Big Ten. This one started at 1, mm-hmm. already gone up more than a field goal. Um, I thought this week, uh, maybe you know this a little bit better than me, but it seems like with, with these two teams, the game that we could play this week is who's going to play quarterback? Because each team has kind of had uh, a revolving chair going around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think I have an idea of who's going to play for both teams. A.J. Bush, for all you betters out there, was taking first-team snaps today in practice, so I do expect him to be the starter. Um, he, he's the guy that won the job in spring but then got injured. And then I really think they're, I think they're really all in on uh, Sikowski right now. They're not giving up. He's the guy of the future. They're going to put him out there. They don't want to get him uh, killed, though. <laughs> so with with A.J. Bush, we'll start out with, uh, with Illinois. So with A.J. Bush coming back, coming off the bye, injuries yep. hopefully healing up, suspensions, my gosh, I hope they're done. Is this yeah, finally done. the 2018 Illinois Fighting Illini? Yeah, I think it is pretty much. We don't know if we have Jamal Milan back yet. He's our best defensive tackle, hasn't taken a snap yet this year. But this is pretty much the product that we expected right now. So... No excuses. If they look like crap, then this is who they are. But let's point out, this is the Big Ten toilet bowl here, right? This is East versus West. This is the, the dregs of the East versus the dregs of the West. And if whoever loses this game, the fan base is going to totally implode. Yes. Absolutely. And, and, and in all honesty, we kind of talked about this, uh, no offense, but in the uh, – no offense to Rutgers or Illinois fans, but we talked about this with the Rutgers-Kansas game. Big games last week, okay? Obviously, Penn State, Ohio State. There's a lot of tension for the coaches involved for a game like that. I don't know what you call this tension for uh, Lovey Smith and Chris Ash for a game like this, but could it possibly be worse? I think think it is is way more stressful for a coach. Lovey even said this week, he said, we need this win in a bad way. He said, said, I think he said, this is the most, we looked at this game and said, this is the most important game of the season. We have to win this game. So I think you pointed out a lot of young players going on the road. That's a lot of stress for them. That's a lot of pressure, right? Uh, Rutgers will be wearing their blackout uniforms. Did you see that? I did. I actually like the helmet. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Was it's cool. got the New Jersey, uh, the outline of the state of New Jersey on the helmet, yep. correct? Yep. yep. It, with with uh, Matt Black. Now, what we got here is two putrid defenses. Bad defense. Yep. If you're Illinois, you're thinking, okay, we've got our suspended guys back. Maybe they're knocking the rust off. Maybe we'll improve a little bit. Rutgers is, is I mean, they're equally bad on defense, I would say. Uh, but offensively, that's where the difference is here in this game. Rutgers is 122 in the country in the S&P rankings. Illinois has got a really nice run game. They get a nice running quarterback back for this game. I think they're going to move the ball on the ground. Now, Rutgers can as well. They've got a good running game. So it's it's kind of running game versus running game here. But, um, oh, here's here's one. This is the special teams bowl. If there's anything these two teams are good at, special teams. Yeah. Both of them highly ranked. But I see two bad defenses, and I think Illinois just has the much better offense here. I was surprised at the minus one that it opened at. Then I kind of looked at the Illinois history going on the road, their first game on the road in Big Ten. They typically are awful when you're looking at against the spread, but I'm still going Illinois to – I think they're two scores better than Rutgers. Yeah. Um, 
two scores maybe seems uh, a little high. Um, as you ta- mentioned, the, the, the defenses, um, the defenses are so bad they're offensive. Yeah. Oh, um, rim shot yep, effect. Yep, okay, yep. We, I got to come up. I got with that one, one. I got one horrible joke every week, so I got to always work it in. But um, I, I, it does. It actually does uh, uh, scare me a little bit to to bet on Illinois. It scares um, my the buddy, hell out of me. <laughs> my buddy Artie's uh, favorite quote for games like this is, if you bet bet on two shitty teams, expect a shitty outcome. Sorry, I just yeah. kind of swore there a little bit. Um, no, we've, and, we've and if agreed was, that shit is, is allowable on the Big Ten podcast. As long as, long as we don't overuse it, yeah. I think we're good to go. But um, if there was a prop bet you could find for the amount of turnovers in this game, that might be something you want to you wanna look up. I, I, I would guess it would be somewhere like a 3.5 or 4 yeah, for this well, game. Yeah, well, Illinois, that's – one thing they do well is cause turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. And Rutgers turns it over, and I've they seen do. Illinois turn the ball over a little bit. That was pretty much what fueled the Penn State comeback in the second half. I guess what I'm kind of getting at is I've, I foresee a sloppy game to a certain degree. However, if it's not, if it's not a sloppy game and it's just an X's and O's and this is how it plays out, there sure seems to be a lot of things favoring Illinois. I expect Illinois to be able to run the ball. Rutgers hasn't been able to stop anybody from running the ball yep. pretty much the whole year. And Illinois is good at it. This isn't they just a, this isn't just a you know we're we're trying to fluff them up. They're no, pretty good at running. This the is ball, a team so. that put two forty five on the ground. Yep. So I don't. Penn it's State. nothing that nothing that I feel great about. But right now, I I, I mean, if you, putting it up to my head, I'm definitely going going Illinois. So. Uh, I'm not going with the cha-ching on Illinois by any means because of their the the history of them going on the road, but to me the 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 one to bet on here is the over at 49.5. I see a lot of people predicting a low-scoring game. I just don't see that at all. Okay. I, I, too bad defenses. So still not a cha-ching with that. I th- okay. I'll go. Yeah. With, I'm right, gonna I'll go with cha-ching on that one. Yeah. Go with. Thank you. I, I don't see that. That's a that's a big Kurt Chiching right there. Um, I think what people see for the under is again the the offenses that aren't fantastic. So they're just worried that they're going to see a lot of offense in this game. But. So I I do want to talk just a little bit about my new favorite coordinator on the offensive side in the Big Ten. Okay, I love Nick Holt on the defensive side. Now I got my new favorite offensive coordinator. <laughs> so here's some quotes. A from... little bit glib vote I think we have here. For no, some... I'm serious. Okay, right. Wait till you hear these quotes. Okay. This is Rutgers offensive coordinator. Rutgers offensive coordinator, John McNulty, who, by the way, he he had been at Rutgers in the Shiano era yes. 10, yep. 12 years ago. He's back now. In between, I didn't realize he was in the NFL the whole time. Correct. Okay, so he's used to dealing with grown men, right? So here's a quote from him. (laughs) This is in the press conference earlier this week. He's talking about his offense. I told them the other day, I'll keep trying to find the plays where we don't have to block anyone or you don't have to win against man coverage, but I don't know what they are. (laughs) Hold on. And And then he continues. They asked him, what do you have to do to get better? I think they just have to block the people. That's so, priceless, isn't that's it? That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> what was the old bump? Wasn't it like Bum Phillips or something that was he got asked? You know, well, we didn't. It was in a press conference <laughs> yeah, after games. Like, I don't well, re- we didn't block anybody today, but we made up for it by not tackling anybody today. <laughs> it's kind of along the same lines, right? There, yeah. So. Normally, you don't see coaches on the collegiate level talking that way about their players. No, but it's. 
I mean, he's calling him out, but it's in a fun way. I, I, uh, I really appreciated that. All right. So moving on to our next game, also at 11 o'clock a.m. This is on Fox Sports 1. The 1-3 and three Northwestern Wildcats traveling to the 3-1 and one number 20th ranked Michigan State Spartans. The line for this one hasn't moved too much. Just down towards Northwestern a little bit. We're now sitting at, at 10 points. Um, yeah, I, I, I could kind of ask the question every single, there, there's two questions that I've been asking or bringing up all the time. And they both mm. re- revolve around these two teams. Number one, I ask, can Michigan state start running the ball this yep. week? And then the other one I ask is can Northwestern play clean game and not turn the ball over? Typically when Northwestern plays clean and doesn't turn the ball over, the outcome's pretty good. Yeah. Northwestern. True. Uh, you know, I have another question for Michigan state. Can they throw the ball? Not just run it. I mean, you're looking at it's either the top. If you include last week, the top three or four receivers are having injury problems right now. And Lewerke doesn't look great either. Right. This is kind of the opposite of the Rutgers-Illinois game. These are two really good defenses and two offenses that can't seem to find their way yet. So are you uh, when somebody says, hey, I got some good news and bad news for you. What do you ask for first? You always ask for the bad news 100%. first. Okay, so we'll start with the uh, the total offense for both these teams. Sure. First of all, who do you think has the lower-ranked total offense between Michigan State and Northwestern? The lower-ranked offense in what ranking system? Uh, to- total offense, yards per game. Yards per game, who has the lower one? I, I'm going to guess Northwestern. Yeah, 98th, but it's, okay. close. it's close. 90th for Michigan State. Okay. Uh, 5.4, 5.46 yards per game for uh, Michigan State. Yards per play. Point, excuse me, yard, uh, yards per play. 4.55 for Northwestern. That's bad. Anything under 5.5 is typically well, not I think, fantastic. I think Northwestern's aver- a whole yard underneath. I think the average for the whole country right now is 6.4. Correct. Yeah. And, so th- and that's to say you don't have to be a 6.4 to beat it. But once you get that much below the mean. Yeah. Things aren't looking good. They're both below the mean. Northwestern's way below the mean. Both defenses are 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 good. Number twenty uh, eighth ranked defense for for uh, Michigan State only allowing three hundred twenty eight yards a game. Northwestern not bad. Sixty seventh ranked defense only allowing yeah. three hundred seventy nine yards a game. Sparty number one in the country versus the rush only allowing forty point three Ooh, yards mercy. per game. And and. Offensively, Northwestern's only running for 94 a game. Correct. So I almost wonder if it's one of those things where Northwestern is going to look at this. They're going to look at the the the, the game film. They're going to look at how their running attack is going, which is not great. I don't know if they're going to try to throw the ball hardly at all in this game. Northwestern. Well, Northwestern, yeah. What, wow. what would be the point of Northwestern trying to run the ball? If you – when oh, I rewatch – You said them, throw the ball. You don't I, think I'm they're going to throw the ball. Sorry, I – that was wrong. That's then, why I was surprised. Yeah, no, other way around. So I, okay. no, I, I, I agree with you there. there. Yeah, what, why, I'm why, not why? sure what the motivation would be for Northwestern to run the ball totally in this agree. game. When I watched, uh, rewatched the Michigan-Northwestern uh, yep. game again, um, I, I feel like Clayton Thorson's getting a little bit better yeah. every week. It looked like, again, what I always kind of picture – 
um, the old school Northwestern offense where they're just spreading the ball around. Every receiver's getting a, getting a hand on the ball. They're not bombing you by any stretch, but if you give them five yards, they're going to pick up four or five yards in the passing game. That's what we're going to. That's what we're going to see out of Northwestern this week. Yeah, healthy dose of Flynn Nagel, I think, in the passing game. Correct. Thorson to Flynn Nagel. That guy gets open. He catches the ball. He's good. He, I like he, that he's, guy. He's not a physically imposing receiver, but he does his job. Now, this is uh, 10 points. Um, Michigan State is giving 10 points here. The betting history says go with Northwestern. And I just don't trust Michigan State's offense to even beat anybody by 10, really. So I'm, I'm going Northwestern on this one. Okay. Um, the over-under is, is, is low. What is game. it? 43.5. Um, I still think I still think I like the under. I like the under in, there. in this game too. Yeah. I mean this this definitely seems like a seventeen to thirteen uh, type of game. I don't I don't love it. I'm not going to give it a ching or anything like that. But it wouldn't it wouldn't be crazy to to see it. With that being said, if you think I'm going to take the under, you would think I would take Northwestern, right? Everything's pointing towards Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Something's going off in my head. I don't know. Michigan State at eventually. If they run the ball, okay, if they run the ball, their offense will take off. They haven't I think, done it yet I this understand. Year. I understand. Something is is in my head. There's an alarm going off. This isn't an easy cover. I think this is just like a, a 24 to 6 cover. Like Northwestern will struggle to put that many points on 20, 21 to 10, which, by the way, is only a one-point cover. I just think it's – there's enough I see here for Michigan State to cover that 10. See, one problem I have with this is you got two coaches meeting at the point of the season when they typically have their teams pointing up, right? Uh, D'Antonio, Fitzy are great at getting their teams to improve every week. So I, if if I'm putting money down, I'm staying away from this game. Yeah. Oh, I am too. Yeah. But, yeah. little uh, trivia here. Okay. The biggest comeback – in Big Ten history, do you remember that? 2006, Northwestern was up 38-3 to with 9.54 left in the third quarter and lost 41-38 to to Michigan, to Michigan State. State. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I remember it vividly. I must have been just hammered that day because I have no recollection Well, speaking of, of being hammered that day, I was hanging out with my college buddies. I wasn't hammered, but my buddy Joel was hammered, and okay. he asked a hundred times, Wait, who won the game? What, how much was it? What? What? No, there's no way that happened. Yes, Joel, it happened. Nice. All right, moving on. Oh, wait, we got here. Oh, next. Wait, game what's that? Up. Next game up. We got the three and one Iowa Hawkeyes traveling to the three and one Minnesota Golden Gophers. This game is at two thirty p.m. on Big Ten Network. The line. Insane. This line started at two. I'm not sure if I've so ever seen a line move faster in a short period of time in my entire life. Crazy. It moved all the way to five and a half and now rests at seven Iowa. Mm. So yeah, it moved from, from two up to five towards Iowa. When so, it was open when it opened at two, I just thought that was total insanity. Now All right, so I got I, I got some fun okay. I got some fun facts hit, for hit you. Hit us with okay. it. Okay. All right. So obviously Playing the pig noise at the beginning of of the uh, uh, breaking down the game because this is playing for the I personally believe as far as the actual traveling trophies are concerned, this is the best traveling trophy in all of college football. Uh, I have that written down in my notes right here. Best trophy. And 
in college football for sure. It even contends with Lord Stanley's Cup Ooh. for the greatest trophy in all of sports. We're recording in the state of hockey, Minnesota, so those are some fighting words to some people. However, it is only the fourth oldest traveling trophy in the Big Ten. Can you name really? the other three or even one or oh, two? Oh, boy. Paul Bunyan is older, right? No. Really? Nope. Little Brown Jug. Yes, that okay. is the oldest. That's the oldest. Yep. I nailed the oldest. Okay. okay. Uh, oh boy. Um, how about the the uh, Illabuck? Yes. N- nailed it. Yep. Bing. Which one, one is that? Uh, that's that's the third. That's the third. So yep. I'm missing the second. Correct. Oh, okay. We got. Um, it has the word old in it. The old old, old oaken, oaken bucket. bucket. Yes, of go. course. Yeah. So, um, and then. Just so you, for those that don't know, so the 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 first time they played for a pig was 1935, um, and it was the uh, uh, Floyd was the uh, uh, governor governor right? of yeah. the state of Minnesota. It things had gotten so heated back in 1935 between the two states in the game uh, that they tried to make a little bit of a, a you know friendly wager on it to try to kind of loosen things up. Right. So they yes. they wagered a pig, and, and it was I, from Rosedale Farms. Okay. And if, that's where Floyd of Rosedale, where the name came from. Okay. And if, if I may interrupt for a second, I think the previous season to the to the trophy, wasn't it because Iowa was playing an African-American correct. player? And that's and, and Minnesota yep. players were cheap shotting all Absolutely. over the place. Okay. And that's where, that's where it started from. That's right. And then... Uh, the actual pig, uh, Floyd of Rosedale, was uh, buried on a farm right on the Illinois-Minnesota border. So he was uh, allowed... Iowa, Iowa I'm Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota-Iowa bordered. Um, so yeah, he was allowed to live out his days as a happy pig, was never turned into a, a you know bacon or ham. So right. he actually died. They they, they there is a, a grave that you can visit. That's so, actually really cool. Yeah, we gotta and go check that out. Sometime. I, I want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, I want to. Sure. I'm gonna look that up because yep. a lot of times I drive that direction. Um, but wasn't it the the governors made a bet to exchange the prize pig, the winning pig from the state Correct. fair e- that year, and yep. it ended up being the, yep. the this uh, pig uh, from yep. Rosedale Farms. Okay, so and uh, they've been playing for the bronze pig ever since then, since 1936 in the all time series between the Gophers and the Hawkeyes, as one would expect from knowing the the rich history of the uh, Gopher football program. They lead 62 47 and two. However. Since they've started playing for the pig, Iowa's almost got things squared up. 42-39-2. Iowa's won 11 of the last 15 and 5 of the last 6. So, Mm. obviously, things have have kind of gravitated towards the Hawkeyes in this series. So, looking at the game this year, you know, I'm always kind of interested to first see what your thoughts are, not being a Hawkeye fan. Tell me what you think. So, when the, when this line opened, I was totally puzzled. N- you know, nothing against Minnesota. They've been playing very well. So I, I I delved into Minnesota, and why would this this line be so close? Minnesota's defense is just playing statistically fantastic. It's a good deal. S&P ranking number 11 in the country. Special teams, number four in the country. That's how you win football games right there. Granted, they don't have a great offense yet. They do get... Their, their number one cornerback for this game, Keandre Thomas, he will play. He did not play versus Maryland. Um, then I started looking into, okay, what has who has Minnesota beaten? Okay, Miami, not that great. Uh, was it New Mexico State? Right. Eh. Fresno. Have you seen what Fresno has done this They're year? They're 
Three and one team. Yep. They've only lost to Minnesota. They beat UCLA. They beat a good Toledo team, and then they put up record numbers against Idaho. And then it started making a little more sense. But then I started looking at Iowa, number six defense. That I don't think Minnesota can get much done offensively versus this Iowa defense. I don't see them scoring many points. And even everything I just said about Minnesota, I'm still going Hawkeyes, given the seven points. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, breaking it down, uh, both def- defenses are good. But it was getting but, close at seven for me. Uh, yeah. I will say that. Seven's getting very close. Seven, and that's why it's halted right there. Yeah. I don't think it's going to go much more than that. They, they do have both. They both have good defenses. Um the level of play that Iowa's had for who they've gone against. I mean, take they're more Iowa, tested but, I mean, without a doubt. Wisconsin. I mean, you still got to give Iowa state uh, credit. I mean, this is a power five team. They played, yep. they played a lot of uh, tough schedule and played everybody tough. Even uh, Northern Illinois, certainly not a good offense, but that's a, that's a really good defense. Um, both offenses aren't, aren't going to light your hair on fire um, as far as yards per game. But Iowa's yards per play, 5.78 to, to Minnesota's 4.72. So okay. we're talking it's pretty big a difference. big gap yep. on, on what they typically do. Uh, again, to talk about uh, Minnesota's defense, the loss of um, uh, Antoine, Antoine Winfield, Winfield Jr. is for sure. It has been something that has just stuck in Minnesota Gopher fans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they heads for for since it happened a couple weeks ago. And, and basically, I, I talked about with my one of my buddies today, and and I said, you know, I don't get it. It's not like I was gonna bomb the the uh, uh, ball to uh, our our talented wide receivers but over and over again. Can I just say, Minnesota, if there's a weakness on their defense, they have no pass rush. So I think Stanley's gonna have time okay. to bomb it out. Yeah, and I and Iowa's offensive line has only allowed four sacks the entire year. There um, you go. That's 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 really good through through four games. Um, but he had mentioned the loss of Anton Winfield is because how much he actually helped in the run, in the running game, coming okay. up and hitting people, and just overall leadership on the defense. It seems to be just what is is. Uh, um, scaring Gopher fans the most. Mostly, what I'm looking at is neither one of these teams are are seasoned teams, but Iowa is much more seasoned on the lines. The lines sure. is where is where Iowa just seems to have a, a a big advantage. All of this stuff gives me hope and and confidence in the game. The other side of it, one of the weirdest stats that you can have out there, and I don't know the exact numbers, but Kirk Ferentz is something like two and eight coming off a bye. In Big Ten games, it's in the last ten years. It's, Two and eight. Yeah, it's just insane. It's the weirdest thing in the world. It should be. It should be opposite absolutely. of that. Now, of course, you'd have to do a, a deeper dive and see who we're playing when we're getting off yeah. the, the buys and how that works out. And also, the Iowa Minnesota series, it's always close. It, it's it's True. typically it's almost always decided right uh, uh, by one score, except when right. one team just blows the other one out. Typically, it's Iowa Minnesota blew them out five years ago. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean. Here's another problem I have. The right side of the Minnesota line protecting Anikstet. I I think the Iowa defensive line is just going to eat them alive. Because, yep. I mean, you're talking about one of the best defensive lines in the entire country with a really shaky offensive line, at least on the right side, okay. in pass pro. I, I see that. I'm, that's what I'm going to be watching when I'm watching Minnesota on offense. Can they keep Anikstet upright? Yep. Um there was a one Iowa thread that I got into, and it was just score predictions. And there was a ton of Iowa fans predicting, you know, forty to 
three and you know 42 to 10 and stuff like that and i'm like do you guys really think this is how this is going to be are you or are you just trying to poke fun or whatever if so i don't think that's what we're going to see no i don't either we see some sort of you look the score up afterwards because you weren't able to catch the game type of guy and you see a 31 to 10 okay Mm -hmm. is that fair okay the halftime score of that game would be something like you know, 10 13, to seven. 13 to three, yeah. you know, there's something small like that. So that is what I could see is just the, this isn't going to be eventually thrown into the away. oven and you, and you get no. heated up right away. This is more like a crock pot type of deal where it Good just analogy. heats up and like goes. That. So I could see that happening. I just need to see the Iowa offense score way more points before I, I just think they're going to blow them out. So I still like, Iowa to cover the seven, liked mm-hmm. it way more at oh, five the, and a half or six or less. I would have liked the two. Yeah, should have jumped been, on it right away. That would have been great. Uh, now, but even with that being said, even with the over and under, over under being at 43.5. Okay. I still like the under in this game. Do you? Okay. <laughs> so I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be something along the lines of like 21 to 10. 20, 24 to 10. Yeah, I could like see that. that. So you had mentioned two and eight off a of bye for Kirk Ferentz yeah. in the last 10. I'll Let me temper that a little bit. Minnesota, in rivalry games, the last 31, guess what their record is in rivalry games? Last 31 rivalry games that they've played. It's not good. It's four and 27. It's that bad. Yes. Holy cow. Ouch. So that's Iowa, Wisconsin, and Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's a tough slot. That's a tough, yeah, that's a tough slate for tough for memory right games. But yeah, okay. Since you brought that up, um, there was a Gopher fan actually at the party I was at Saturday night. He goes, you know, they had um, the the state fair. They had like a Gopher um, like area gopher area of sports or sure, whatever okay and, and then they had a football area he goes it was really sad though because like none of the trophies were there so Ooh. people were just going by the gopher football yeah booth, but there's no this trophies. is where the floyd of rosedale would be if we owned it this yep. is where the axe would be this is where the jug would be so speaking of for for the fourth year in a row i think i think floyd stays in iowa city all right moving on to the next game we got the three and one Indiana Hoosiers traveling to the 5-0, number three, Ohio State Buckeyes. This game starts a little bit later, 3 o'clock on Fox. The line is 25 for Ohio State. One little interesting trend stat to pick out, Indiana 4-0 versus the spread right now. Really? Yeah. Good for them. um, I am not a huge trends guy. I'm more of a looking-at-the-teams guy. Um However, trends do matter when they're in the year or or something that applies to a coach that's been there for a while. Yep. What you see here is an Indiana team that has been consistently undervalued as the year's gone sure. on, and that's what that 4-0 uh, uh, versus the spread line comes from. Sure, and so I'm looking at the defenses right now. Indiana, kind of like Minnesota, very good defense. S&P ranking of 22. You know what Ohio State's is? 23. Wow. Yeah, how about that? My, obviously, you can look at the competition there. I yeah, mean, Ohio State's played TCU and, and an amazingly Correct. explosive Penn State team. Correct. My big question here is, what, what does Ohio State look like coming off of that Penn State game? Are they in a hangover? They're going to win the game. I don't think anybody's going to debate that. But how long does it take them to win the game? How much do they win by? I can see this being a kind of a typical you know, IU game where they hang around for a long, long time 
fourth quarter, Ohio State runs away with it. What do you think about that? Yes. What I am seeing is a slow start for Ohio State. Yep. Um, Indiana's not bad on defense. That's I No, mean, they're a good defensive like, team. I, I feel like I, we haven't talked on stats a whole bunch because obviously – Game one or game two, even game three. I mean, there just isn't that much right. to slice off and look at. But once you get to week six, I mean, well, that's why you, I didn't you, bring up S and P until last. I started last week talking about yeah. that. Yeah, so I, I feel like there are times where the explosiveness of any offense just gets it gets overstated. As in, if that offense went to get went against a, a, a middle range NFL team, they would still put up points. The right. fact of the matter is good offenses are still going to get slowed down by a team that's pretty good on defense. Correct. That's what I think we have here. I think Indiana is pretty good on defense, and I, and, think, and I think they can just make Ohio State work for it. Yep, and offensively, Indiana, they're not great by any means, but Ohio State has weaknesses. Correct. We've seen that. They yep. give up big plays. They Great defensive line, but a little bit of question marks at linebacker, a little bit of question marks in the defensive backfield. So I think with an efficient Peyton Ramsey, and I really like this this Indiana receiving crew, I think they can move the ball. I don't know how much they can run the ball, so I think they're going to have to rely on Peyton Ramsey. Yeah. Here. Now, with that being said, will Dwayne Haskins just go back to week four, one through four, right. Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. If you are an Indiana fan, that's what you're most nervous about right Because you got to get after him. If you're not getting after Haskins, he's going to kill the you. The blueprint's out there yep. right now. You just, right. you just go for it. So Correct. if that's the case and they can get to him, this is an easy Indiana cover. If they go I for it so. and don't get to him, I know. this is an easy Ohio State cover. If I am Indiana... This is a play it close to the vest type of game, right? I mean, somebody might think it would be Ohio State that would say that, play it close to your vest and just just beat them on tell, which obviously they can do. Don't try to do anything that you have to do, Indiana. Play your game. Make Ohio State make huge plays. If they do it, right. they do it. You know, But but just 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 have a conservative game plan and, and see if you're still in the game yep. midway through the third quarter. And here's one other thing I want to bring up. I use it four wins. They have winnable games left in the schedule. They want to make a bowl game. Just stay healthy. 100%. So I'm taking Indiana plus the 25. I like Indiana as well. I liked it a lot more. I think it opened at like 27 and a half, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. But, we got to start jumping on this stuff early. I know, man. but I'm still going darn Indiana. Work, darn work and family stuff. All right. Up next, second to last game, we've got the 0-4 Nebraska Cornhuskers traveling to cheese land to take on the three and one number 16 Wisconsin Badgers. This game is at 6:30 p.m. and on Big Ten Network. The line is 18 Badgers, and that actually moved down yeah. from 21 and a half over under is 57.5. First thing that comes to mind when I think about this game is line play and how. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin's defensive line, front seven, in the past three or four years has been just destructive, mm-hmm. okay? It's not that good. No, it's this not. This year. However, it's still pretty good. It's still good. Wisconsin. It's I still mean, a- defensively, they're ranked 49. So here's what, what jumps out to me. Offensively, Nebraska's 67. I think they can put some points on the board here. I see points all over the I do, place too. Yes, here. that's um, what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball... What I've seen in the games that Nebraska's – well, they've only gotten killed one time, and that was right. versus Michigan. What I think is happening with a lot of people that saw this this line at first, at least some of the reactions I saw was, oh, my gosh, Wisconsin's going to kill 
Nebraska because I think they were picturing, they were projecting the Michigan game onto the Nebraska game. Yeah, I game. don't think that's a good idea. I, I don't think that's this is the same no. game we're looking at here. No, it, Wisconsin's going to get a lot of points. Don't yes, get me wrong. They're yes. going to run the ball. Don't get me wrong. But Martinez keeps getting healthier. Their offense is going to keep looking better and better the, the more healthy he gets. And Ozigbo, after that game he had last week, I've got a lot of confidence in him too. They're, they're both going to put points on the board, but Nebraska's not going to be able to keep up with Wisconsin. They're not going to win this game. Okay. Um, now, here's some things to look out for. The mistakes for Nebraska, well publicized, right? Horrible special teams too. Beyond that, I see them at kind of a tipping point right now. Like with that, the five star leaving, with all the turmoil, with you know Scott Frost in these in these um, in these pressers, you know, kind of looking shaky. This could end up. This could unravel quickly. I guess is what I'm saying. Does that happen right now? I think again we have to go back to the saying that we had last week. Things are never as bad as they seem correct. when they're bad. They're never as good as they seem when they're that good. That is correct. I don't think Nebraska is that far off. So so with that being said, I have to give a little bit of a warning here. Okay. I'm going to talk out of two sides of my mouth. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. something that you'll re-listen to your podcast. I love doing it's that. It's tough to do yeah. or tough to avoid, I should say. I like this game for Nebraska on the money line. Okay. So what, is okay. That, what does that mean? That means... You're typically taking a game on the money line because if they win, you can do something like taking a $20 bet and turning it into a $200 win because it's a it's a big spread that you think could actually So come, what's the money line? True. I, I didn't look up exactly what the money line would oh, be on a $20 okay. bet, but the whole point is it's at an 18-point spread. I'm, I'm guessing it would be somewhere probably pretty close, probably $20 for $200. Okay. Um, I, so I like – Nebraska on the money line. With that being said, I don't think Nebraska's going to win this game. No. It's just that I see an avenue of how it could could happen. Um, how it could happen is Nebraska gets off to a huge start offensively. What's been killing Nebraska mm-hmm. among penalties and other things is they've actually gotten off to to horrible starts yeah. in, in most of these games, True. and they haven't been able to, to get back. Now, don't get me wrong. They got up 7 nothing on Purdue. Last week, but then they got down twenty four to to seven right after that. Right, so so they had to dig out from a hole. Um, Wisconsin's offense is still good. Their offensive line is still amazing. Absolutely. I fully expect them to just push Nebraska around, and I would be shocked not to see that. Okay, Correct. Um, what I'm saying is there could be a scenario where Nebraska has the ability to to do a little bit of shock factor mm-hmm. to Wisconsin and just put some points on the board and not not say get Wisconsin on tilt, but maybe get them to play offense a little bit more than what they want to, which is getting points on the board quicker. So last week they had 582 yards of offense. Correct. I mean, this is against what, Purdue against Purdue, but you know, Purdue, they, they kind of put a lot of duct tape on, on areas and, and seemed to, to get things working. They did, you know, basically shut down AJ Dillon uh, one thing I did want to point out: Nebraska kind of shook up their starting lineup this week. I don't know if you saw that. So, I, so that, it, it, that's big news to Nebraska fans. Apparently, shaking up a, <laughs> a center moving from guard to center and a, a guard going to second team is like the biggest thing. But there's still other guys on the field, uh, especially on the defensive side, where they're just melting down, wondering why they're still on the field and playing in the first place. 
Yeah, I don't know. For Nebraska to win this game, they're just going to have to go off in the first half offensively. Correct. And and, and Wisconsin just can't come from from that big of a deficit. And that behind. that there you go. That that is the anatomy of the upset. Yeah. Again, and they're going to have instead of eleven penalties, they're going to have to have two. Correct. I mean, you know? uh, but again, that is another thing where it gets back to the things never are as bad as they seem. Correct. Don't get personal foul penalties at three, four, five at a game clip. Yep. If you get the team off the field at third at third down, get them off the field. They haven't done that yet this no. year. Could they do that this week? Yes, they maybe could it, do that. They, it, could, they could. They could clean it up. Absolutely. It, it of course was there was a uh, the. Um, team came to scott frost the captains came to scott frost there was a team only meeting i mean oh, no. boy, there's jokes see that. out there on once you get to the team only meeting portion right. of the season there's only two ways to go yep. at that point I'm, I'm not saying that i'm just saying you know all that stuff's happening for seemingly and then scott frost calling out players he he compared the uh nebraska football program to a house and if a house is built on yeah. a bad foundation i mean we got all the, we got all the cliches all the analogies. going yeah. with this yeah. they're trying everything they can yeah. you know what just stop committing penalties get your guys yeah. in a better position to to make plays and maybe yep. see what happens so i don't love but i i like nebraska plus I do as the well. 18 i like nebraska but what plus i really 18. love i'm going to give it to I like the over fifty-seven point five. I do too. I see this game being forty-two to twenty-eight that's, that's type of what game, I see, which, yeah. by the way, is I, I basically mean, see the Purdue game. Yeah, but, Purdue with, last but week. with more points. Well, what was it last week? Twenty-eight to forty-three, something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Was it? I think All right. so. All right. So yeah, pretty much the same thing. So yeah. I, I was actually surprised to see that over under under the, under sixty. So when I saw this matchup, I just had to look this up because it, it's it's etched in my memory that. That Big Ten championship game when Wisconsin just ran, just a track meet up and down the field. Melvin Gordon, they kept running the jet sweep. Yep. And Melvin Gordon, blah, blah, blah. The final score of that game was Wisconsin 70, Nebraska 31. Rushing yards? Uh, oh, I don't know. Hit, oh, it. I Hit me you, with I it. Thought, I thought you had it. No, I don't. It but a- what I was going to say is, did you know that Nebraska was a heavy favorite in that game? Going really? into the game? Yeah. Really? I do not remember I don't that. remember that at all. Yeah. So that was oh damn I didn't write seventy down point scores have a have a way of uh, erasing history in, yeah. in your head of what how games were but they weren't that highly ranked that. they were ranked like twelve or fifteen in the country something like that Nebraska yeah. was right weird all right so that brings us to the little bit of a debate between uh, Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt. So we're going back in time here to 11 o'clock a.m. on ABC. Stepping the into f- that DeLorean. <laughs> Get the flux capacitor going. 11 o'clock a.m. The 4-1 and Maryland Terrapins traveling to the 4-1 and number 15 Michigan Wolverines. ABC line 17 by Michigan over under 47.5. So the joke, uh, ongoing joke with Michigan is: Are they going to be Michigan or mm. Michigan? Are we not? Are we just looking too deep into this? Is it just they are Michigan at home and Michigan on the road? You think so? Is that what it comes it could, down it, to? It, it could be that. Yeah, easy. I now, guess. Obvi- obviously, who you're playing matters a lot too. Right. Uh, when when Michigan has blown people out at home, it's been the directional Michigan type of mm-hmm. opponents. But they seem to be doing things better uh, when they're when they're playing yeah. at home. And one thing I'd like to point out to you again, I rewatched the the Michigan Northwestern game. Okay. Um, certainly, Michigan's offense doesn't explode off the TV no. screen. With that being said, 
every time they were moving the ball, every time they got oh, just something shot going, themselves in the foot. But it, and it was penalties. It, Penalty. it wasn't exactly. turnovers. No, it, was, it was penalties. Correct. And I honestly believe I'm certainly not looking th- at things through. Uh, maize-colored glasses. Most of those penalties were just junk against Michigan. Correct. Last week, I was shocked at, at how much of the stuff came back. You could see it in the players' eyes. Every time a big play would happen, like Karan Higdon would have a big run, or yep. uh, Shea Patterson would would scramble out and have a big run. They would just turn their head like, "Oh my God, it's well, coming back again." Right. So the one that jumped out to me was Shea Patterson. His his body language. Someone needs to pull him aside and say, "Look, I realize you're frustrated. We're all frustrated, but you can't show it. The yeah, way you're, that you're showing it right now. Right. Yeah." So I, I, that, that's my one criticism for Shea. Now, we're talking about Michigan not being great offensively. Do you know their S&P ranking right now offensively? It's um, 27. Yeah, not that bad. Not that bad. Yeah. And, and passer rating, I don't remember their ranking, but they're, they're ranked pretty high in the country right. in pass efficiency. Um, what kind of surprised me, because I'm kind of a total offense and defense guy, so what didn't surprise me at all, Michigan's number one now in the country, total defense, oh, are only allowing 232 yards a game. Amazing. 66 in total offense. Maryland, number 20 in total defense, only allowing right. 313 yards a game. you gotta look at, I want, You got to look at who you're playing a little bit right. with that. But the fact of the matter is, kind of with Indiana's defense, defense it yep. kind of surprises you a little bit how good Maryland's defense is playing so far this year. I agree, and I'm glad you said that. I was going to bring that up, that they, they are playing way above expectation I look at their defense versus Michigan offense and I see it as kind of a wash so I'm looking at Michigan's defense versus Maryland's offense how effective can Maryland move the ball we know they can run the ball right but they can, can they do it against Michigan's defense there are there is a thought process in my head so the 17 point line I feel like at first glance at that line I thought that was high I thought so, too. But, of course, because they're desert people, they make me think. Mm. That was what I pictured in my head, is the uh, the the flashes of Maryland where their offense and yep. seemingly their whole team just stalls. Everything stalls. When the offense stalls, everything stalls yep. with the whole team. If we see shots of that and you mix in some turnovers, that will, you know, because if Kasim Hill... Has, and he has the ability to to, to kind of melt down and throw yes, picks. Yes, he does. If that happens in this game, that 17-point spread is going to look small right. very quick. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kasim Hill because I wanted to talk about him. I think if they can start establishing a running game, a respectable running game, and if Kasim Hill can have the game of his life, which, by the way, he's only played, what, six or seven games so far? That's not saying much. Right. If he can be effective throwing the ball down the field, and by the way, the weakness of this Michigan's defense, their Achilles heel, is their safeties are not great in pass coverage. Okay. So if they can start moving the ball on the ground, which will open up the passing game for Kasim Hill, if he can do it downfield, that's the recipe for winning this game. So we're basically just kind of conspiracy theorying possibilities of, of how this will go. But at some point, you just got to say what you think will happen. I have kind of gone back around on this game. I think I'm just looking at this simple. I think we're going to get Michigan at. Okay. They're not that far off offensively. I agree. I do not think they are going to be a juggernaut. They're never going to. They're never designed to be. A That's not what they're shooting for, right? I just think they're going to be an efficient offense. I think you're going to see mm-hmm. more of that this this 
on Saturday, I think you're going to see them being able to run the ball. When they've been able to run the ball, they've been able to explode offensively. Yep. Everything else starts working. Shea Patterson starts doing Shea Patterson things. Their right wide receivers suddenly look a little bit more open. Mm-hmm. Last week, you got to give Northwestern credit. They played great defensively last week. They absolutely did. I just don't see that type of effort out of Maryland this week okay. traveling into Ann Arbor. I'm kind of shocking myself right now because I did not think this was going to go, but I like Michigan to cover the Do 17. You? See, I like Maryland, but my one one thing that, that gives me pause, what Maryland team is going to show up? Now, the, the, going back to Temple, I don't think they took Temple very seriously, and they were injured on the offensive line. They still, there's some questions as to who's going to play in the offensive line Prince and Gray are the two guys that are like kind of moving in and out of the lineup. If those guys are healthy, I think they're I think they're going to move the ball. I I I like Maryland in this game, given the seventeen points. Okay. Or, All right, yeah. and, and I and again I can see Getting that seventeen. I sorry. can see that. Um, the other thing I like in this game, the over under is only forty seven point five. Mm. My guess is people are seeing that Michigan is going to not allow uh, yeah. Maryland to score that many Plus, points. Plus, they're not terribly explosive. Themselves. I get it. I it's get tough. where the low over-under is at. I just think there's going to be more points scored in this game than than what that's going to be. I mean, if Michigan has the ability, and they do, to get to 31, 34 points, at that point you only need 14 mm-hmm. points out of, out of Maryland to get over, and I, okay. I think they can get there. Let me throw a wrench into things here. They're coming off that emotional win – at Evanston, right? They're next on their schedule: Wisconsin, Michigan State. This is a little trappy. A little trappy. Yeah, yeah. But I think what's going to help get over the trap situation is that um, um, since they played pretty bad last week, yeah. I think that was kind of their wake trappy, up call, yeah. trappy game mm-hmm. to a certain degree, and just kind of a wake up call. Again, that's what I'm. That's what I'm putting my weight on. That they're going to wake up and look better this week. I'm going with the Terps. All right, so that gets us through the Big Ten slate. Couple games uh, to to talk about. Not a not a plethora of fantastic games around the country this week. Uh, but the I'm just going to call it the Red River Shootout because shootout. That's the actual Damn name right. of the game. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma's favored by eight. I think at first mm. blush, people just think Kyler Murray, uh, right? Blow it up. Probably win by two touchdowns. I like the way Texas is trending. Well, I tell you what, their defense is trending really well right now. I like Texas there. Yeah, I, I can't think make so a little mind. bit. I'm just saying it's an interesting game to me because you know you always you always tune into Texas Oklahoma yeah, at least it, check out how it's going to go. I like Texas unless you know Kyler Murray is let's say 17 to 21 for 432 <laughs> yards and six touchdowns. <laughs> then I like Oklahoma. <laughs> Which could happen. It just it, it would surprise me to see it happen versus versus a defense like oh, this. Absolutely. Even yeah. um I mean Kyler Murray had a good game versus Iowa State earlier in the year. Iowa State, yeah. I don't think his defense is good as, as Texas, but it's good. Even they gave Oklahoma some fits every now and yeah. then, and I think Texas has got more talent and more mm-hmm. more ability to keep it even closer than that. Next one up is uh Notre Dame at Virginia Tech. Um I tell you what. If you are an anti-Notre Dame person, and I got to think most people listen to this, so I'd probably follow along the lines yeah. of that a little bit, you're running out of chances to get Notre Dame knocked off. Yep. Now, it's college football. Anything can happen. Sure. They could wind up losing two straight games to somebody they're two touchdown I mean, favorites. Crazy over things this. happen. I mean, I'm just making something up, but Old Dominion maybe could beat 
I don't know, Virginia Tech. <laughs> Who Notre Dame's playing this week? So. By the way, just see what happened to Old Dominion. They lost their next game. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. craziest thing. Totally crazy. My gosh. Um, yeah. Um, but Vatek has that ability to suddenly turn it back on. They looked a lot better yeah. last week. I don't know. I, I don't really know who I like in the game. I just know I'm that not I'm not sure gonna be, either. I'm going to be tuning in to see that hopefully Vatek is, is winning the game. Yeah, let's hope so. And one thing I just want to shout out is uh, um, we haven't given our, uh, uh, our elevator speech or mission statement or however it is that, that we are for the Big Ten or the Eyes on Big podcast. But basically, Big Kurt and I started it because we certainly like uh, uh, teams in the Big Ten. That's what we followed the most uh, since we started watching college football when we were little kids. Um, but the other thing, too, is just we get sick of all the blue bloods being talked about almost exclusively, you know, yeah. on, on other podcasts, on the radio or whatnot. And we certainly aren't shying away from talking about the blue bloods that are inside the Big Ten. Our whole yep. point that we've tried to do is we're going to try to give as much love to to Rutgers as we do to Correct. Ohio State as much as we can. Uh, so with that being said, it seems to be that a lot of people are just waiting for Kentucky to get beat. They can't really be that good they don't want i am certainly it, yeah. never going to be a big fan of any sec team but if there is one team out there that i'm cheering for right now it, it's kentucky oh, i agree with you i am behind them all the way texas a&m this week is that texas who a&m got? correct yep. at texas a&m yep it's gonna be a tough game at but Ryan everybody's Field. predicting them to lose because everybody just keeps sure. saying well, it's gonna end sometime of course kentucky right. can't can't keep this up it's just good to see new blood i mean absolutely if if a team has to make it uh, from the SEC into the college football playoff, which seems to be a freaking you know rule ever since the uh, BCS has been around. I would love it to be Kentucky. Yes, I know me saying that out loud sounds like the craziest thing in the world, but if Kentucky can beat Georgia, okay, maybe mm-hmm. they drop another one along the way, but Kentucky and Georgia both wind up 11-1, and one, and Kentucky owns the tiebreaker. And Kentucky gets in the SEC championship. That'd be awesome. I would love it. That would be amazing. Even if they get blown out by Alabama, I get it. Could it could work out like that? But you get into the SEC championship, kind of like Nebraska with with Wisconsin this week. Maybe you get an early score. Yeah. Maybe Alabama turns the ball over for once. Maybe some crazy things happen. It would just be amazing to have new blood into the well, college football playoff. I'm not saying let, it's going to be Kentucky. Right. I'm just saying it's fun to see somebody else to cheer And for. let me go ahead and say, look, Kentucky's a big school. They've got a huge alumni base, and their fans are fantastic. They're, they're actually – they love their basketball, but they're pretty rabid about football as well. A lot of people don't realize that. And they have because they following. don't have that insane SEC background in football, they're not – they're not all up in your face as far as how the season's going. They're just enjoying right. it as fans right now. But my my point I was I was getting to is I think it's good for college football when the teams that are normally down cycle up occasionally. It gets their fan base involved. Why wouldn't you want more fans following college football? I've never been able to follow that. I've never been able to follow how we so many have, other podcasters, so many other radio guys, just they just want to talk about the same blue bloods. They over only over want again. the blue bloods to to be, you know, blue bloody. That's it. They, and, and we don't and, ever want them down because it's great for college football when the blue bloods are good. Wrong. Totally. There is. I want a mixture of. Blue you want a mixture, to be correct? Good, but I want yes. a mixture of the middle, and I would put Kentucky even, you know, underneath the middle. Yeah. Having teams like that rise up. It's, it's, it a, helps it's a everybody. It's right? awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. More more eyeballs watching TVs. All right, that's all I got. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1G 
K-U-R-T. I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. We very much appreciate you tuning in. Keep tuning in. Keep sharing. Do all that stuff. We really love doing the podcast. We want to keep doing it. So help us out. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Hit the subscribe button. (laughs) All right. Bye.